to get not my... great not great with them pointed right at your face are you? <laughs> to get my tea okay. um, yeah uh when that annoying whistle sounds um yep yep uh can i tell you something i have been wanting to talk to you about uh before we yes. really start this podcast so well, we're recording so do with it what you will but yeah yes. <laughs> i'm not sure if i'll keep it or not um but so so Maya moved to Tacoma, which is right. not far, but not close. And she... Is that where you were having brunch today? No, no, no. I was, I was having brunch with uh, Lars and a few of my other friends. Um, hold on one sec. My tea's ready. All right. So Maya moved to Tacoma, and she doesn't right. quite know the area anymore. Like, uh, mm-hmm. she knew Seattle pretty well, but... She's still getting used to Tacoma. And so I drive her after podcasting sometimes. I was driving Maya to Tacoma, and she was looking at her directions, but her directions are, she has the, like, directions on, like, a narration. But the voice isn't, like, the typical, like, Siri narration. It's Medea. And it's, dude, it's the weirdest fucking thing to hear. And she didn't explain that it was Medea. She didn't say, like, just so you know, Medea is the voice of this. Because also, I have I have never seen a Medea movie. So I was super, super perplexed by it. So we, uh, we get to the location, and I can't remember what they say. There's, like, a catchphrase, but it's like, you're there, or something like that. And I'm just like, oh, my God. But it was one of those things where I'm like, Maya, I love you, but also why? <laughs> like, I don't did know she, anyone who likes Medea. Did she have a, a way to defend herself? She said, I think it's fun when things don't sound like they're supposed to, or something like that, which is fair. But I like when they don't sound like they're supposed to, but they sound interesting. I don't know. Medea is just not my bag. Yeah. That's fair. I wanted I, I, I wanted to make a, a mean comment about karaoke, but I decided against that. A <laughs> mean comment about karaoke? Well, you know, liking things when they don't sound the way they're supposed to. I was oh. going to say, oh, that explains her karaoke, but I decided that was <laughs> an, an unnecessary ribbing for a party that is not present. Yeah. No, I, I she can't defend herself. <laughs> Well, even if she was present. I mean, you've seen her karaoke. She can't defend that. No, I've never actually seen her karaoke. Really? Oh, it's really fun. Maya does a great job. I've never been with either of you karaokeing. I know. That's, but a, I... that's a weird thing. Considering the time in our lives when we got to know each other. Mm-hmm. No, we just drank. There was no, like, activity to it. We were just drinking. It was they in were... the time that you didn't have to have an activity to guys that you just wanted to drink. Yeah. Yeah, it was okay. It's like there was a window of time where, oh, you want to just come over and drink? <laughs> well, yeah, and we lived like three blocks from each other. So once we were at one or the other's house, it was like, well, we don't want to go out. Right? And it's like, well, I can, if I was at your place, I was like, well, I don't have to drive. So. Exactly. It's safe. It's good. So just so you know, my voice mm-hmm. periodically may start sounding like, Either I've, I've I've deemed it two things. One is kind of a pubescent boy. It's kind of on that. It it squeaks a little bit. But the other is I kind of feel like I'm a frog in a fable, and mm. I'm I'm warning someone not to go in a briar patch. <laughs> so I I'm I'm kind of digging that. It reminds me of when Phoebe gets a cold in an episode of Friends, and all of a sudden is a great singer. The sexy phlegm. The sexy phlegm, yeah. But it also means I've been going to bed at, like, ridiculously early hours. Like, 8.30. Wow. Because I wake up so much at night coughing that it allows me to actually have a full night's sleep still. Damn. But, yeah. I started doing that after that one day when I was texting you at 5 a.m. And I'm like, I'm not going back to sleep, apparently. Just going to edit a podcast in bed. No, then I wake up from, you know, wake up to a, like, 2 a.m. 
3 a.m. text from you that says you need to ask me a very serious question. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, ah, I hope that bitch doesn't need a kidney. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was the fact that I was, uh, I couldn't sleep, so I was doing a lot of uh, weird Facebook shit. Stalking, fa- apparently. Facebook stalking, um, particularly of your sister. So, but it was funny because I was like texting Maya, and I'm like, do you know anything about these things? And she's like, how would I know? And, and I was like, don't worry, I'll ask Dan. <laughs> I'm just imagining you doing like a crazy wall with pictures and posts. <laughs> and, and there's like string, there's strings connecting dates. Yeah. So, you know, we've been redecorating our apartment, and I think that it would be really fun to do a portrait wall, but it's a crazy (laughs) wall. So like us in the middle, like a wedding photo of Courtney and I circled in red and then (laughs) photos of us with other friends and drawing lines of connections between friends and like a little map of Billings that's like X'd out and then a map of Missoula that's all circled and then just running stewering all over it. And then I just scrawling crayon above the top of it. It's all connected. I'm sure whoever rents that room will love it. I had I had a theory. Not a theory. I had an idea at one point because we have this friend. Uh, he doesn't live here anymore for unknown reasons. But this is sort of his deal is he never would give us, like, straight answers about his life, like where he was born, where he grew up. Like, he kind of changed. He'd be like, yeah, I've been here a little bit. I've been there a little bit. And he also was always taking these crazy trips. And so, like, at a point, I finally said, I think he's a spy. Like, I think he's a spy. That's the only only way I can understand. And so every once in a while, I would get random, like, answers from him, like his middle name or something like that. Mm -hmm. And... I had this idea because we all convened in my friend Megan, who you know, and her roommate Brian's apartment. Like, we'd always, like, that's where we'd meet up and, like, walk down to, like, go get drinks somewhere because they were in a very conveniently located apartment. And I wanted to get a big dry erase board and put it in their living room and start writing facts about him. And, uh, it, but, like, never have his name be on the board, but just have random facts that I, like, gradually built on and, like, did little weird connectors and like photos and stuff and so eventually he would look at it and be like why is there all this shit about me on this wall (laughs) um but it's it was great though because he would go on these trips and we were discussing how if someone else went to iceland we'd be like why did they go to iceland but if we were like stevens in russia we'd be like yeah makes sense totally there's just those friends you have also, speaking of creeping, I've been, like, looking at your neighbors and also Courtney's friends' Instagrams when they come over to your house and, like, seeing what you're doing with your apartment. <laughs> like, uh, oh, God, who was it that had posted a photo of the pets? I can't Probably remember. Achla or Opasna? I don't know who those people are. They're our, our upstairs neighbors. No, no, no. Awesome, oh, no, no, no. It's, uh, uh... Amanda? No, it wasn't Amanda. It was... Shoot. I... Is Courtney's friend Megan? Is it Megan? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, her and her boyfriend posted a photo recently. Oh, we're having dinner with them tomorrow night. I'll tell them I say hey. Um, oh, yeah. I haven't seen them since St. Adair's Day. Yeah. It's been a while. It's been a time. I'll I'll maybe see them in uh, not August, April. That was it. Tax day. Um, Saint Tax well, Day. I'll be sure to put in some time off. Yeah, please do. I'll, uh, once I'd I know, like, you time. know, I'll find I'll find a little a little time to see you. I guess. Uh, yeah, we could record when a podcast here. together. Oh, yeah. it's fun because then then you add the you know sibling esque dynamic of stop hitting me and. Why are you doing that thing? And then describing to the viewer, listener, what the what the glorious magic that they can't see. Yeah. I really it's hope fun. that the mic picked up my, my gurgling Jack Daniels into my tea. I mean, it could have been any number of things being gurgled into there. I don't think Jack has a specific sound, but... Uh, oh, no. But yes, I, I heard it. <laughs> I, the story behind this Jack Daniels was I came home yesterday, and there was a bag... But it was left for me, and it had the makings of hot toddy mix. Like, there was honeys and lemon, honey, honeys, 
There was honey. <laughs> all and, kinds like, <laughs> of honey. All kinds of honeys. Oh, look at all them honey. <laughs> With this Jack Daniels, I get southern. Um, <laughs> so there was honey and lemon and Jack, and I was just like, but there was puns on the front of the bag. And he texted Megan, and I was like, if you hadn't signed it, there's no way I would have known. Yeah. I, I do love having a friend that lives three blocks away. She leaves me sweet things. So, yeah, she gave me hot toddy stuff because she was like, I didn't think you could handle all my energy, so here's my hot toddy energy. (laughs) But I was like, I love you. Yeah, sometimes it's nice to have friends. Sometimes. But then you crawl back in the cave and wonder why you ever left. Oh, it's true. It's why I'm a hermit. Hooray! You're not, well, you're a little hermity. I'm a little hermity. This time of year, I'm definitely a little hermity. Mm-hmm. Solitary fall, so nice. I, I like so to pull nice. Hemingway. I, you know, go to a little island, get a lot of cats. Yeah, wear your sweaters, drink straight vermouth like a madman. Yep. Now, speaking of mad, it's perfectly okay to write garbage as long as you can edit brilliantly. CJ Cherry. Nice. Yeah. Did you like that I sort of was like, I'm moving it to Hemingway, and then maybe we'll get a quote in here. Yeah, right? Maybe. Well, we, we, we'd rambled a bit. I was like, I don't know. I don't know how we're going to get back. I don't know. Uh, it's going to be abrupt. It's going to be abrupt. I, it was like you were, you were my horse, and I led you gently to water. Yeah, well. <laughs> then shoved my head into the water and said, drink! <laughs> drink, damn you! Uh, subtlety has never been my forte. Yeah, what is your forte? My fort, uh, that would be the, the blankets that I establish in my living room whenever I'm not feeling well. That is my yeah. fort. That was, uh, that was excellent punnery there. Yep. You just left it, left it open for me. What about you? What's your fort? My fort, um, I'm very good at consuming food and alcohol. I'm just exceptional at it. Hey, me too. I realized that at brunch today, I ate everything. What kind of brunch was this? Was it like women in blogging or was it like uh, (laughs) sponsored by... The ladies who brunch. Um, (laughs) No, it was was a few of my writing friends. Uh, Yeah. And we just went to a restaurant and I shockingly did not have any alcohol. Yeah, well, I'm, I, I knew I'd probably drink for this because I'm talking to you and I, I need a drink to get through it. Um, but yeah, I, I uh, woke up l- to my friend calling and saying they had changed the time. Oh, lovely. And so I was like, well, I, should, I haven't taken my medicine yet or anything, so I don't want to take any alcohol. Mm-hmm. Take any alcohol. I want to do them drugs. Drink them drugs. <laughs> Give me that NyQuil. I don't know how drugs work. <laughs> oh dear <laughs> you know how drugs work <laughs> yeah uh, so congratulations are in order to you sir for your being new job swell. your Hooray! new job Hooray! Yay! you're just trying to change the subject away from drugs aren't you always <laughs> no thank you I'm excited to see now this is step one in a five step master plan and each time i accomplish a new step i will then reveal it to you on this show cool yeah so step one full-time employment as the events manager for the startup company notel very cool so will you be still bartending uh i'm gonna have to rearrange the schedule a bit but i'm planning to maintain at least one shift still yeah Um, because i need someone to get me drunk when i come to new york I know. I'm probably going to have to switch to closing and then just go there after work one or two days a week, um, mm-hmm. depending on depending on how my negotiations proceed. But they've made their initial offer, so as long as I don't say, I demand all the money. Um, I see you as, doing things like that. That's true. And I, that was the, head, the header of my response email. So To whom it may concern. <laughs> I demand all the money. Um, yeah, it's, it's nice to have... Because, like, you know, we've talked about this a little. You know, there'll, there'll be weeks where 
nobody really comes to the bar. I don't really make any money. And I didn't get any <coughs> catering gigs that week. And it was like my income just fluctuates drastically from working 70 hours worth of weddings and bartending private events and stuff and just making a killing to then just being completely screwed, just having nothing. And to end that cycle is going to be really, really nice. That's really great. You deserve that. (sighs) Like so many other things you deserve. And I demand. (laughs) But, yeah, no, it's it's good. And it's going to help creative pursuits as well. Because there'll be access to things and individuals and income and time that I don't currently possess. So... I wish I could control time. Yeah. I'm working on a short story about someone who gains mastery over time and is just horribly depressed by everything they witness going through history. Like, just at how awful everything is and how in the future we continue to pursue trivial things or unimportant, you know, reality TV type pursuits of entertainment and he just becomes horribly depressed so he ends up uh, going back in time and trying to steer humanity and it turns out that he is the reason that humanity isn't great hmm kind of sounds like a new tv show brought to you by nbc Uh, yeah (laughs) (laughs) no i like it i like it a lot i'm writing a very short fiction piece right now maybe i will share it at some point but it is titled how to hate tulips huh I like that. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Some of it is mildly factual. Most of it is not. Oh, good. Yeah. I've got plenty of facts in real life. Because I love tulips in real life. <laughs> but, yeah. I uh, Sorry, Maya's texting me because we're going to have a FaceTime meeting tomorrow. Ooh. Well, yeah, we got to get our, our ducks in a row and make a schedule for the next few months. Because the holidays are coming, and my schedule, I don't know if you know this, but my schedule gets fucking crazy. I'll bet. And I'm also trying to take off most of Thanksgiving week. So, oh, fun. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm working a lot right now because of that. I worked like 16 hours yesterday. <whistles> with sounding like this. It was kids. pretty. It was. Kids, knock that off. You can't, you can't do that, kids. I do that a lot. Stop. Oh, who's a cute little baby? You're a cute little baby. <laughs> oh my God, you're precious. <laughs> All right. Uh, I, uh, I now have access to the Simpsons World on the FXX app, so I'm slowly <coughs> working my way through every episode of The Simpsons, and I forgot in season two, there's an episode <clears throat> with Harvey Firestein. And he, like, life coaches I love that you were thinking Harvey Firestein because I was thinking of Harvey Firestein. Yep, of course. Harvey Firestein is the nanny. (laughs) Um, Continue. Come on, kids. Get in the car. In the the life story about... In in my life story, Harvey Firestein will be playing me. I would just like to do a, a... See a drunk history where Harvey Firestein is narrating, like, the history of a Broadway show. Oh my god, that'd be so And good. everyone's acting out what Harvey Firestein's saying. God, yeah. Um, if if someone was to play you in like not like a really quality lifetime biopic, but like a lifetime movie of your life, who would play you? Like lifetime level talent? Like, I mean, it can be slightly above, but you can't get top tier. You can't be like, I'm pulling Tom Hiddleston, Chris Pratt. I'm not getting Hemsworth. Maybe you can get the oldest Hemsworth who's in Westworld. Like, you can get that Hemsworth. But <laughs> I can get, I can get a, you can get a, I can get you, your Nick and Dent bin Hemsworth. <laughs> your dollar get, store Hemsworth. You can get a Luke Hemsworth, not a Chris or a Liam Hemsworth. How is a, a Chris is worth two Liams, though, right? No, I think uh, Chris is worth one and a half Liam's because Liam has had his fair amount of success. It's just a different type of movie. Hmm. He just Liam doesn't seem to work near as much as Chris. He was in Independence Day. 
I'm not saying he does good movies. Resurgence. He was in Independence Day Resurgence. Sorry, I should have specified. So you digress. Who would play you? Hold on. I I don't remember his name. I'm gonna tell me what he just tell me what he was in. Uh, Veronica Mars. Uh, not the not her. Oh, uh, the one that played the nerdy boyfriend, or the one that played like the wealthy boyfriend. The the blonde douche. They were both blonde. Ish. The blonde er douche. Oh, him. Um fuck. What was his name? But yeah, no, I totally see that. Yeah, I gotta look it up. I think it's it's something it's something terrible, like uh Kyle. Ryan Hansen. Oh yeah. you, oh Ryan Hansen. That wasn't a boyfriend, that was just the douchey friend. Right, yeah. I don't I it's been years since I've watched Veronica Mars. I don't I wasn't you know, I'm like, no, he was there, but he wasn't. And then I was thinking, wait, did they ever get together? I haven't seen the Veronica they, Mars they movie. They didn't. Oh, I should watch the Veronica Mars movie. Wait, what were we talking about? <laughs> no, no, they they never get together. He's party of, down. That's yeah, the other down. thing I know him yeah. from. Yeah, and he was like, also give, in Burning Love, like the second Burning Love. Give that douche a haircut and a beard, and oh yeah, totally. Okay. Yeah, although he's definitely not. Like my first choice, I think. Yeah, he's a little, he's. I imagine him as California Dan. Okay, then I will say on that tangent, I will choose Tina Majorino of Napoleon Dynamite fame and also Veronica oh, Mars fame. Yeah. There yeah, you go. no, I got that. And that few scenes in Grey's Anatomy before she dies. You know who she reminds me of? Me, obviously, in a Lifetime movie of me. No, like, she, I, I feel like she's either the love child of Ellen Page and, um, oh, what's her name? Rooney Mara. Or she's like the dollar store version of, um... The girl from uh, Orphan Black. Oh, Tatiana Malzani. Yes. <laughs> I would say I would say her more than the other two. They actually look similar. They do look similar, but I'm saying in like disposition and, and a little bit of work too. Yeah. Yeah, she, a little like Rooney Mara meets Ellen Page. Yeah, but... she has some funny stuff. She has some indie stuff. She doesn't do a mm-hmm. lot of stuff right now. No. No, she's really not working much. What's I, that about? Is she, she holding out for that Napoleon Dynamite sequel? No, I think she's looking for Andre, too. God, that's what I remember her from. Andre, the movie with the seal. How I wanted to seal. Holy shit, that girl was in what? Uh, was in, not Westworld. Wow. Waterworld. Yeah, she was the little girl in Waterworld. Wow. That's, that's quite the start to a rather prolific career. Yeah, nowhere to go but up. <laughs> After being in one of the most commercially unsuccessful films ever. I wonder if I wonder if it's eventually turned a profit though. It's just become such a cult thing that enough people have bought it or rented it that it's maybe made its money back by now. Probably I don't know. Not. Worked for Wet Hot American Summer. True. And uh, the first Austin Powers movie was like that. Did not make money. God. But then TV and VHS sales. <laughs> Question. If you were to watch Austin Powers right now, not just the first one, but all three of them, do you think you would enjoy them? I think I would enjoy parts of them. I genuinely don't think I would. I think I would appreciate Seth Green because, honestly, I love him. Yeah, you, you know animal. what's funny is I was thinking I had a huge crush on Seth Green when I was a kid. And I think that's why I liked those movies. I love... Of course you... Of all the people on TV, you'd be like, "Mm, give me that short ginger love. (laughs) Well, I loved him on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Loved him. when he When he cheated on Willow, though, my heart broke. Ugh. Oh, that's... You identified with Willow pretty hard, didn't you? Uh, kinda. Yeah. I'd say yeah. I, I... She's one of those characters that I definitely identified with in the 90s. I really liked Buffy the Vampire Slayer. It's a good show. 
Yeah. I, I mean, when I was, it, but it was good. when I was younger, I really just appreciated it for Sarah Michelle Gellar. I had a pretty big crush on her. Of course you did. Of, of course, course you I did. did. You know what I really appreciate about Sarah Michelle Gellar? Everything. Her marriage to Freddie Prince Jr. Like, <laughs> Jesus, who saw that one coming and working out? Right? They're both they're both so good looking. You would assume that uh, one of them would have fucked it up. Yep. I don't believe in love and celebrity romance anymore. Well, as long as we're doing, yeah, dollar store versions of something, they really are the dollar store Brangelina, aren't they? They really are. But <laughs> good successful. for you two. But yeah, but oof, kept it together. Way to do it. Right? I like this. I like where we've gone with this. I know, it feels very literary. It feels like we're talking a lot about writing. It seems uh, like we are are really getting into it. We really are. What with all of our talk of television. (laughs) And not from a writing perspective. Oh, but speaking of writing, um, Eric and I were talking last night, and I think we're going to work on a a book together. Oh, awesome. What kind of book? What's the project? Um, I think it will be, it sounds super silly what I'm going to say, I think it's going to be about trains. Uh, I think we're going to do, we're going to go on different train rides throughout the U.S. and write stories about it. And he's going to do photos. And it was originally like he wanted to do a coffee table book and I just took it and I was like, we're doing something different with it. Actually not, but we both came up with it. I was going to say, that's a good creative process. (laughs) Actually, it was that we were talking and we really wanted to collaborate together and we both had thought about wanting to do something about trains. And be, being on trains and train as travel, because especially in the Pacific Northwest, there's some really beautiful scenic train rides. So we wanted to, it was like an excuse also to just go on trains and chill. It's very Hitchcock of you. Yeah, a little bit. I like that. That could be fun. Yeah, I think, I mean, it's going to be like a process, but I mean, because money. Yeah, yeah. But and especially if you want to like find a reason to go or something to do or make plans in your destination instead of just take a train somewhere, get off, take another train somewhere else just to fill up the book. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm sure some of them. Of course, we're going to have to get, you know, that third ticket for Livingston to come. And so it's going to be a whole thing. (laughs) It's it's, It's less, I think, secret romance as it is maybe security blanket. Yeah. I mean, there's be... there's a lot of love there. I can't I can't make fun of it. It's it's a lot of love. Well, it's hard to make fun of it because it dare not speak its name. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, we were chatting yesterday about just stuff because, and it, I was saying how I wanted to go up to Vancouver on a train because it's cheaper than like driving. How much does it cost to get to the Vancouver's? Oh, it's like sixty, I think. Round trip? Yeah, I think so. Nice. Yeah. Well, that'd be fun. Yeah. I'm excited. Like, I want to do it. Um, also, Vancouver's just an interesting place to visit. It's like it's like Seattle, but more likely that I would see Drake. Oh, that's fair. Because God knows I can't go through any podcast without talking about Drake. <laughs> we talked way too much about Degrassi in, our, in the Disney Channel podcast. But, it's I mean, a trap. It is always a trap. Don't start talking about Degrassi with Maya. Maya, I love you. Don't start talking about Degrassi well, with her. You'll I'm never sorry. get out. We had a Canadian on the podcast. How are we not to bring up Degrassi? I mean, what are, that's, I think Degrassi stars is one of Canada's chief exports. Uh, yeah. Uh, one of them is on Orphan Black now. Speaking to bring it back to Orphan Black, which we kind of covered. Politics. Politics. I will delete all of this because it's not sexy. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Now, so, speaking of Canada, what's uh, who's your favorite Canadian author? Fuck. Google Canadian <laughs> authors. You go first. I'll be ready in a I, second. Uh, I only did it to you because I always have one in the tank with that. I I've Well, got. I have one, I think, but I don't know 100% if she's Canadian. Well, mine is Lucy Maud Montgomery. I feel like the, you uh, talked to me about Lucy Maud Montgomery. She's the author of the Anne of Green Gables books. Oh, duh. Oh, my God. Right? 
right? And then you hear it, and you're like, shit! I'm like, <laughs> There's low-hanging fruit! <laughs> Fuck my life. <laughs> it's on Prince Edward Island. Duh! <laughs> you don't write about Prince Edward Island if you're from anywhere but Canada. Yep, exactly. Although, to be fair, it sounds like the Scotland of um, North America. Although ha. then you realize there's actually Nova Scotia, so probably no. not. Nope. Okay, so the the author I did think was Canadian is in fact Canadian, so I'm going with it. Margaret Atwood. Ah! So I was pretty sure Margaret Atwood was was Canadian. Uh, so what are you what are you working on right now? Right now I am hard at work on my Nanorama progress. Nice. Doing, um, Trying to do 1,600 words a day, um, minimum, to hit a, a target word count by the end of the month. So I'm a little behind. Um, I'm, after we wrap up, I'm going to... Who am I kidding? I'm going to clean, do the dishes, and then hope to get some writing done before I go to a house party tonight. I'm actually going to write after this as well um, for my 30 minutes for 30 days. And... Uh, I have been writing cold medicine-induced poems. Ooh. And there, I read one the other day. I'm like, well, this is just going to hell. Because uh, it was about puzzles. Like that's, that's the puzzle. Way to quote How Did I Met Your Mother. Mm-hmm. How Did I Met Your Mother. <laughs> how did, how did I, <laughs> speaking of cold medicine. <laughs> um, my... My boss actually the other day said, who, "Do you know what the mother turned out to be?" Just there was no there was no preamble <laughs> about it. There was no discussion of the TV show. She just asked me if I knew who the mother was, and I'm like, "Of your child? Pretty sure it's you." She's like, "No, and how I met your mother?" I'm like, "Oh, it's Christine Milioti," and she's like, "I don't know who that is." You're like, uh, "Nobody did," and I'm like, "Well, she was in the Broadway musical once." And she was also Leonardo DiCaprio's first wife in Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. Those are, those are her, her creds. And she was the mother <laughs> and will be remembered for that forever. Mm-hmm. She's pretty adorable. Yeah. She's got a look, a look about her. Like Audrey Hepburn mixed with a deer in the headlights. I was going to say Zoe Deschanel, yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Felt like that was too easy. But yeah, I, I need to do a few more. Uh, I need to write a little bit more today. I was going to write more before we talked, but then had to go have brunch. It's it's really difficult. Like, the advice from Stephen King was, you know, write like it's your job. Read for four hours a day, write for four hours a day. And it's like, I don't know when I have an extra eight hours. Yeah. It's like, do I do audiobooks on the subway? When? when? Right. Uh, no, I mean, that's it's a good thing. I, I write on the subway constantly, which helps. That squeezes an extra hour and a half out of my day. But still, it's like, ah. Well, yeah, I was writing on my commute, but then I just kept hitting people in my car. <laughs> and I was like, I should probably stop. <laughs> this isn't worth it. I mean, this is some good stuff here, but I should probably stop. I think that the challenge for me... Um, going forward is going to be finding time to write with like this full-time job where I'll never have flexible weeks anymore. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm kind of worried about it, not going to lie. Yeah, it was interesting. I was talking to someone who just moved to Seattle. Uh, he's my bartender the other day. And I he was talking about what he wanted to do for like his life. And my friend made a good point of whatever you want to do, you have to acknowledge it's still going to be your job. And you might not have the joy you think you're going to have from it. And I was like, I can totally relate to this. I am a writer. Like, I write. I've written for years. But now I'm actually getting paid to do it. And I love that I get paid to write. But also, it's a job. Like, Mm -hmm. it's definitely, like, when I'm writing it, I'm not writing it because I'm passionate necessarily about the subject. I'm writing it because I'm getting paid to write it. Yeah. So, unless I, like, maybe create something of my own and eventually market that to be my job, uh, eh, no, even then, I'll still be like, oh, gotta write this, have a deadline. 
the other day I literally said I have a writing deadline that I have to make. I'm like, whoa, who are like, you, fancy? fancy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's it's a challenge. I think like there's so many varying levels of degree, varying levels of degrees of rambling bad sentence structure um, of success that you know you can be successful a lot of different ways doing a lot of different things but when success and passion overlap it can be really joyous or it can be not great like the difference between getting paid to do the last five years this summer and getting paid to do Annie a couple of summers ago where it's like I love performing I really can't stand Annie though who were so, you in Annie? I had so many roles. I was the uh, part of the house staff. I was a bum. I was in the president's cabinet. Ironically, for those of you who know me, I proposed the New Deal. <laughs> <laughs> kind of hurt me a little on the inside. Um, <laughs> I also uh, was the puppeteer or the ventriloquist, I should say, in the radio hour, put on a happy face <coughs> bit. Oh, I love that song. So I had to use a, a creepy puppet um, for that. And, oh, and I was Bundles, the uh, sheet delivery guy who's Annie uh, stuck yeah. out of my cart. Mr. Yeah. Bundles. Mr. Bundles, <laughs> which to me sounds like a drug dealer. But, yeah, I hate, I hate Andy. It's so, it's just... Not the kind of theater that I'm interested in doing. And, you know, I didn't, I'm not saying I hated it. I got to be on stage and do stuff. But it was like, you know, it's not, it's not Shakespeare. We'll say that. Yeah. I get that. But anyway, this isn't the acting hour. This, this is the writing the hour. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Contrary but. to popular belief. Mm, I have an open document on my phone that's just labeled lines. And every time I have something that just pops into my head that be that's a good line for something and just put it on there. I've been doing um, I've been doing that too, but it's always lines that are like kind of stupid. Oh and yeah? and that I'm just like I need to have a character that says shit like this. <laughs> like someone the other day said, "What's your religion?" Pescatarian. And I was like, "Are you trying to say Episcopalian and Presbyterian?" But you said Pescatarian, which means I eat only fish. And he was like, "Yep, that was it." And I'm like, "Cool. That's going in." Same guy that wanted to be a professional saxophone player. You can just say Lars. No, it's not Lars. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Let's get on with this. (laughs) (laughs) I just wanted to see where that would go. I was like, let her her drown. Don't don't put your own life jacket on. Don't reach out for her. She's flailing. She'll pull you down to the undertow. In our relationship, you are... You are Rose pushing me <laughs> off your bookshelf at the end of Titanic, <laughs> letting me freeze, and then pushing me into the water. And then living a long and happy life, and then for some reason feeling like they need to drop a diamond in the ocean. Like, what a waste. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Ugh. But you know what's not a waste? Poetry. No. Oh, no, definitely not. That You know what also isn't a waste? A good segue. I had a good segue, but it burst on fire like a hoverboard. Uh, you know, the the founder of the segue died on the segue. Wow. Does that mean that Elon Musk is going to die on a rocket ship? God, I hope so. <laughs> Real life Tony Stark, come on. No, I, I really think people should, like... I think people like writers and stuff should be it should die the way they live or wrote. So like drunk and on my phone. <laughs> yeah, or like crushed by the stones of sadness. I don't know. <laughs> what stones of sadness are you hanging around? Don't <laughs> stand by them. Apparently they're large and unstable. <laughs> I don't know. Hi, uh, who's to say? Sorry, so poetry is not is not a waste of time. So Adair's going to read a poem for us now. I'd like you all to listen. Uh, oh, God. Either this will be our longest podcast or I will edit it down to like 25 minutes. <laughs> That's okay. We can have a half hour episode every now and again. 
This is You're the sick. mini pod. Yeah. Adair's sick, so half of the stuff she says is nonsense. Actually, you know, this was a group effort. <laughs> I feel like we both have dragged this into the mountains of madness. <laughs> I think it just happens on Saturday mornings. Okay, well, I gotta do dishes, so read your poem. <laughs> Are you gonna read them? Are you gonna do them while I read? I mean, I can't. I need to hear the clinking of the cups and Courtney telling you you missed a spot and then you being like, why can't I do anything right for you? Oh, it's like you're here. (laughs) I've lived it. Um, (laughs) All right. Shut the hell up. I'm going to read some fucking poetry. You're the one talking. Just read it. (laughs) You're mean. This poem is called Cabbage. (laughs) Don't sound so forlorn about it. <laughs> like, who's, who's to know why? But I called it cabbage. <laughs> Sorry. This is just a shit show. <laughs> Keep going. Power through. We can always go back and edit. A bump formed on my tongue. Painful to the touch. I flexed it in my mouth. It felt like a burn, but nothing warm had touched my lips. She told me a taste bud was exploding. My eyes grew wide. I felt naive and childish. I had never heard of such a malady. I worried I would lose the taste of salt, of sweet. Would chocolate lack bliss? Would my love stop for the oysters drenched in citrus? I wanted to eat all the cheese I owned, worried that tomorrow I would loathe it. But all the food would make me sick. And then I might still shudder towards cheddar. I feared the mundane. The loss that meant I would only find pleasure in bland and tasteless food. For it was always dull. Cabbage would not make me cry because cabbage would remi- wouldn't remind me that it had once tasted divine. It was a leafy yet forgettable disaster. Was this a side effect of growing older? Were my senses dulling, imploding, disappearing? Our cells change every seven years. Nearly 28 was I becoming someone new. A new person four times over. Were these cells betraying me? Would artichoke hearts no longer leave sweetness on my tongue? Will I continue to salivate in rooms tinged with garlic? Is this what happens near 30? We transform into another, a woman who cannot recognize the beauty of a peach, someone who does not thrive on the flavors that were once desired, a caricature of the person they once were, a person who orders chicken as an entree. In the morning, I ate the contents of my fridge, devouring aged gouda and honeycomb. The cabbage was still wilted and horrid. I woke up the same person, stretching my tongue against the sides of my mouth, smooth once again. Only took me one time. Perfect. (laughs) Nailed it. One take. Um... The thing I, I like about this poem is just in premise, the horror of losing your sense of taste. When you weigh that on the arbitrary scale of the worst thing that could happen to you, it doesn't rate super high because you'd still like function in society or whatever. But it would Maybe be, you would. I wouldn't. It'd still be a really crippling emotional loss. Like, to not taste? That sucks. Courtney's brother had an accident and his sense of taste is pretty diminished that things, sucks yeah things are pretty much taste good or bad but the variance therein is not really existent anymore um <clears throat> and to capture just this like eloquent horror of change and tragedy and the unavoidable differences that come along with age it's, it's a unique perspective. I really enjoy that about this piece. Yeah, it was great because it was uh, actually a poem originally written for our poetry blog. And the line, I remember, was a caricature of the person they once were. Mm-hmm. And that day, Anne was telling me the bump on my tongue was a taste bud exploding. So that was literally the backstory for this poem. So it doesn't matter how old you get. Siblings will always try to fuck with you. No, I think she genuinely thinks that's a thing. <laughs> well. <laughs> my, no I think no my accounting favorite... for taste. Oh! oh! Shoot! 
I was less excited over the Cubs winning the World Series than I was over that pun. Thank you. Sorry, you were saying I interrupted, but that was just, it needed to happen. It needed to be said. Um, I think maybe my favorite line from a snarky perspective is, it was a leafy yet forgettable disaster. I felt a little bit like Oscar Wilde. Yeah, as well you should have. That was very wilder. Not not Gene. Just wilder than than Oscar, even. I was hoping for Van, but you know. <laughs> yeah, I... I, I mean, we've discussed this. I love food, like nothing else. And I think, honestly, I feel like it's a huge part of my identity, and which is concerning sometimes. But I think that would actually be a fear of mine. I, I'm fine loving things I used to hate, like Brussels sprouts. I love Brussels sprouts. Um, but I think losing certain things, like I am obsessed with oysters, fresh oysters. You You know this. But... The idea that someday I won't like those anymore or that, like, really good dark chocolate wouldn't be enjoyable, that, that is actually a fear. You know, when you're here, we'll have to go to um, City Hall and get the... City Hall, the restaurant, and get the Chrysler Building special, which is a tower of oysters. Is that the... You sent me a picture of you eating oysters. Was that there? Mm, no. I don't think. Maybe. Depends. When did I, when did I send it to you? Um, well, actually, I think your wife sent it to me like two years ago. Yes, that would have been there. Okay. Cool. Good story. Um, but yeah. <laughs> My taste. <laughs> taste. Uh, yeah, no, so this is, I don't know, it's a really different poem from a lot of the stuff I write, and it's a little funky, and it's almost like a little bit uh, essay format. So I liked it. Like I liked sort of having a longer piece and I added, I worked on edits this summer for a lot of the poems and this one was one of them, but all I did was add on more food. Like that was the only edit I had. I was like, I need more food in here. Mm. But, uh, there was a line that I kind of took from another poem, uh, about peaches. Yeah. This, uh, the love song of J. Alfred Prufrock by T.S. Eliot. Mm. Speaking of funky poems. Yeah. But that was... Rock, man. But I kind of love when you can actually relate to other poets or other poems when you're writing a poem. I kind of like it. It's uh, it's like praise of another poet. It's, it's also the, just the camaraderie of... I don't know, this sort of shared communion of writers like in the act of writing you reach so a little bit more of an understanding than you would if you only read like there's just these connections and this i don't know you feel camaraderie you're like hey that person wrote a thing that i really like i write too i have a certain level of understanding for what they went through on the most basic level you have that in common and it's it's cool yeah no i agree it's a brotherhood yeah a sisterhood yeah, uh, a family. Yeah. I'm like, no, this got boring. Um, <laughs> no. A dysfunctional family. The Brontes. What's your goal with uh, 30 for 30 this month? What do you want to get out I of I would love it if I could finish my little, the chat book I want to write about Texas. Texas? My Texas poems. I would love it. That's a great goal. Yeah, I think I want to talk to some people about getting some visual work for it. Like, not anything intense. Like, I want to get a blue bonnet drawing on for, like, the cover and stuff like that. But I want to see if I can get a few people to help me with some art and then just, like, send it all in. Awesome. But yeah, I'm probably going to send you a bunch of them at the end of November to look over and edit. I mean, I Sweet. might I might actually steal some lines from our poetry blog and just, you know, use them and kill two birds. Do it. Frankenpoem. <clears throat> yep. Just cutting them apart. <laughs> um, but yeah, is there anything? I know you've been really busy making money and... and Stacking that paper. Yeah. Uh... Is there anything you've been watching this week uh, that is great that I should be watching? 
Um, I'm way behind the curve because I've only watched the first four episodes of the current season, but I am getting into American Horror Story. Oh, Roanoke. My, my, my Roanoke, Roanoke nightmare. nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I keep waiting for the twist, the big twist. Oh, but, yeah. Um, I think it's ep- episode six. Oh, okay. Um, it's a twist. Good. I have a guess as to what it is, but I'm... I'm curious. What's your guess? I won't tell you if you're right or wrong. I hope that the people filming, the reenactors, that we break format and we can just be on set with them and shit starts going sideways for them, like in real life, real life, as the actors doing the reenactment. So like Cuba Gooden Jr., Angela Bassett, uh, Sarah Paulson, like dropping character and just being the actors and then they get haunted. That's what I hope happens. If I'm wrong, I won't be that disappointed. It's okay. But, like... Because then we have to add, like, another layer to it. Like, Kathy Bates is an actor in the reenactment. But then is there really a ghost? I will say that... You're on a good track there. But I will also say this season... I I am a person that kind of hate-watches this show. Like, I watch it, but... But, like, there are seasons that I'm just like, wow. Um, and it's more like it's something to do. I'll, mm-hmm. I can, I just have the TV on. But this season has been really peculiar to me because they just, it's, it's so weird. They, they, like, it's off the rails at this point. It's, I think it's episode Did you eight. watch Asylum? Yeah. It's worse than Asylum. Wow. Because like, I thought the whole angels, devils, aliens, everything was a bit um Yeah, it's just, like, I mean, you've got, like, ghosts. You've got weird settlers. You've got cannibalistic hillbillies. Mm-hmm. You've got uh, you've got the first Supreme from Coven, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, it's all crazy. But, and then there's also this whole thing of like some of these people are actors and some of them are real people. It's it that's a little confusing, um, but yeah, the whole most of the shooting for like the last few episodes have been on cell phones, which is weird. Um, oh, they're doing the cell phone trope. No, <clears throat> the, like they're getting into Blair Witch territory. I'll tell you, I'm oh! pretty sure. I'm pretty sure this newest episode is going to be like full on Blair Witch project. Um, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, but it's what I think is funny and kind of ingenious is it's so off the rails. And there's like five different formats that are going on and five different plots that are going on that really, if you have any questions about the, the uh, TV show, you can't blame it on like, oh, well, the writing's bad. It's like, oh, I just don't understand one of these weird turns that happened. So it's your fault for not understanding. It's not their fault for sloppy writing. Which Walking Dead can't do. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, it's I've been watching it, but yeah, I'm I I I actually watched a few episodes at work last night, and I was just like, yeah, like I it's interesting, and like it's like a train wreck. I can't not watch it. Right. Also, Evan Peters, like, damn, yeah, his character. Like, Evan Peters just wins, honestly, in my opinion, though. Like, he and Sarah Paulson make that show now. Oh, and they've, I mean, they've... They've been there for for all the seasons. Right, they've gotten a lot out of it, I think. Oh, yeah. And, um, I, uh, I mean, like, uh, she also got, you know, her Emmy because he brought her over to... He brought her O.J. Simpson, and then they brought Cuba Gooding Jr. over from O.J. Simpson into Horror Story. But yeah, Evan... Synergy, baby. It's all about synergy. The only thing I really liked about... uh, Well, there are two things I liked about uh, their last season. One was Dennis Mm O'Hare, who so far I have not seen in this this season, um, which is heartbreaking to me because I love Dennis O'Hare. So Dennis O'Hare as Elizabeth Taylor was great. Well, not like his name was Elizabeth Taylor. He was not Elizabeth Taylor. Um, and Evan Peters, like, psychotic architect of this hotel with this insane New England accent. It was so good. Like, him as a bad guy. Don't go down there. (laughs) Well, yeah. Well, I mean, it was so, yeah, it was such a crazy, like, Kennedy-esque accent, but it was fascinating. Like, he was, like, he was terrifying, but great. I loved him. Um, 
But yeah, they're also apparently next season it's tying up Murder House and Coven together, I guess, which I was just like, huh. I, I absolutely could just write the, both of those seasons off. Um, Did you like Freak Show? I liked Freak Show because of Finn Wittrock's character. Mm. Like, he was a hella impressive introduction into that series. He did yeah. great. He's in this season, too. Not going to tell you mm. who, but he's in I'll this season. I'll keep a lookout. Yeah. I mean, it's it, it took me a while. But, yeah, I mean, I liked Murder House a little bit because it was a good entrance to it. And I love Tessa Farmiga, who is also in this next season. Or in this Ooh. season. She's in Coven, and then she's in this season. I was going to say, she's back. She's been away for a while. Yeah, well, because Ryan Murphy is really protective of her as, uh, as an actress, and he really wants to have the right roles for her. He's openly said that. He's not just going to give her any role. He wants her to have specific roles, which nice. is interesting. Where And, I mean, he's the same way with Sarah Paulson, and he's done amazing things. Sarah Paulson in Asylum, amazing. So good. She was so good. Zachary Quinto also. He made he gave me very confused feelings because I was like I Zachary find... Quinto does a good killer. Well, like he just does. Yeah, him and heroes. Like I remember mm. being like I am attracted to this psychopath, and it is very confusing. Yep. It is incredibly perplexing to me, but yeah, no, super super weird, super weird uh, show. But yeah, no, definitely. I'm also watching a. Uh, the Netflix series Easy. Oh yeah, how is that? Um, it's all right. I've only gotten two episodes in. I like it, but it's kind of depressing. That's like, fair. Well, I mean, it's. It, I guess depressing isn't the word. It's. I mean, it's a, a. It takes a lot from the actors. Like you, you have to have really good actors who have a really good connection with each other because. A lot of it is not in the words that they're using. Mm-hmm. A lot of it is just in the facial expressions and in the body language. And that's really interesting. So I, I'm liking it, though. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued because apparently Orlando Bloom is in the series. What? So I'm like, what have you been up to? Just <coughs> wasting his time until he gets back to the Pirates movies where he belongs. Yeah, I heard he came back. Mm-hmm. He was like, well, what was I thinking? <laughs> well, that didn't work out. Sorry, guys. Here I am. <laughs> yeah. Are you planning on seeing Doctor Strange or Fantastic Beasts? This Fantastic Beasts, we are going to go to the Alamo Draft House and make a night of it. Um, I'm very excited for that. Uh, as far as Doctor Strange goes, I'm going to try to catch it sometime next week. Um, just find a little time to go see that but. yeah me too I, that's my plan next week once I start feeling better I'm hoping maybe maybe Tuesday night yeah I'm a real cumber bitch I, I'll watch him in just about anything gotta love ben, Benadryl Cumberbund <laughs> just because I don't know who or what an Idris elbow is <laughs> um, I'm also really excited because I saw that there's a thing about the happy endings episode coming out and so i'm intrigued i'm so excited and also, oh, if, and also if i could turn back time yeah also casey wilson is going to be on mindy project pretty soon which means that mindy project is basically giving careers to all the people from happy endings at one point or another i was gonna say that's that'll be half one half, be half yeah yeah and they I mean, gotta collect the whole set and then have an awkward episode where they're all on there and she's like i don't get it those six are like really getting along <laughs> Yeah, what's what's the deal with that? Um, Meta joke for us! Hooray! Yay, I love when they give us jokes. Like when Alicia Cuthbert uh, would talk about 24. <laughs> so your dad is a counter-terrorist agent. He's only got 24 hours. <laughs> yep. Uh, oh, God, she's so good. She's so good. I feel like today's episode was a lot of us rambling about television. You know, for us, that it's actually impressive that it's taken us four episodes for it to descend for into this. T- well, for us to talk about TV to the extent that you and I talk about TV in our regular life. Right. But yeah. Well, uh, I do have uh, I do have a project coming up. I'm doing some writing for a YouTube series. So what? I'll probably circle back. I know, I didn't want to brag, but But that's what uh, bragging rights is for. I know. And I've got um Oh, I'll just tell you. I'm having a meeting a week from yesterday, so next Friday, um, about starting a production company. Um, you already for, did that. 
I know, but I don't mean for this. I mean another production company um, that's to do uh, some YouTube stuff. One series to launch right away that we're ready to go with, and then another one that I'll um, try to shoot the first episode of in early spring. That's very exciting. I know. I'm very excited for you. I... Uh, nope. Good. Um. <laughs> End of episode. Oh, also Funny Girl by Nick Hornby. You should read it. Yeah? Yeah, I just read it. It's good. It's like about British television in the 60s. <gasps> I, I can't... You, you, know, you know what was happening then? You know what was happening then? What was happening then? Doctor Who. Doctor Who was on British TV in the 60s. So if you were a Doctor Who companion right now... Who do you think you'd be? Right now? Yeah, uh, just in your Clara. Mood. Clara, because I'm boring myself. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> in my mood right now, I'm talking too much and trying to sound clever, but I'm really boring myself, so I'm, I'm being a real Clara. Yeah. I'm not my typical Donna. Yeah, you're not your Donna stage. I am feeling, I'm feeling a little bit like Amy in her last episode, where I'm just like, I just need to end this, so should I blink? <laughs> Oh! Should I blink, Dan? Go go ahead and blink. (laughs) 